Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the prophet Micah, chapter 2. That would be the Navi Micha, Perak Bays. And last, and this is Saul Weiner, the host for your podcast. The last chapter in one, we learned of the destruction that Micha, the prophet Micah, had prophesied regarding the Jewish people. Um, that God was going to descend upon the earth and... Um, punish the people he didn't talk that much detail about exactly what the sins were and what the problems were and in this chapter he is going to go into much more detail regarding that issue so let's begin with verse 1 hoy now I've often translated hoy as a woe it also just means ah or just a word to get someone's attention those who think about and contemplate sin and then do evil and or, or sin about regarding the evil that they intend to do when they are in their beds this is generally seen as a reference to the difference between a sin that someone commits because inopportunity presents itself and they couldn't resist themselves um, and then they sin, which is obviously not good, but that's one level. The other level is premeditated, when people think and plot how to do evil to others. That is a separate level of evil, which Micha is referring to here. Those are the choshve'avim, the one who plot. So when they're not able to actually do evil, when they're in their beds, they're thinking about what they're going to do tomorrow. And then, as the verse continues, asua. when they wake up in the morning, then they will go about doing it because then because then they do have the strength in their hands to go and the ability to go about their evil ways what is it that these things are people are doing what is the evil ways the things that they are plotting it is unfortunately oppression of others <clears throat> they desire the fields that other people's own and they are plotting ways to take them away from them the gazolo and they steal them uvatim and they desire other people's houses vinaso and they find out ways to carry them or take them away from them viashku and they and they defraud is the best translation i saw of this word they fraudulently this this means by using the supposed legal systems that are in place they create a, a, a fraudulent claim against other people and Ubeso and their homes and their properties, Vi'ish, and other human beings and their inheritances, they plot ways to take it away from them. They oppress others, others who don't have the same resources to defend themselves. These are the sins that Micha is, that the Prophet is criticizing. Lachain, therefore, because there are people, because the society is unfortunately led by people that act this way. So says God, I, just like you are plotting and thinking about ways to do evil to those less fortunate than you, I am therefore Choshev. I am plotting, God says, I am plotting regarding this family, referring specifically to the family of Israel. I am plotting to do evil to them. But the evil that I am plotting in other words, not so much evil is not, probably not the best word, but the punishment that I am plotting for them is 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 such a a, a plot that you will not be able to 
um, escape from your necks, so to speak, which are um, which will be bound uh, uh, to me, says God. You will not be able to slip away. Um, uh, you're on a leash, so to speak, and you will be punished. You will no longer be able to walk in an arrogant way with your head up in the air uh, and uh, the way you are now in your arrogance thinking that you can get away with this. It will be a time of, 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 of punishment. It will be the time of bad things happening to you. On that day in the future when this comes, it will be so bad that the people surrounding you or he some other person, some other observer will say uh, parables about you and and what will they say now this this um this language here he is a switch from before god was speaking to you that, as the people and now he's saying he will say this parable and this per the person will cry a cry of wailing and what will he say and now it sounds like this person that's speaking is one of the people of Israel who's looking around him or herself and seeing what is happening to his people and saying, Shadod Nishadunu, we have become looted or Shadod uh, is or ravaged. This is what a, a ravager has ravaged us or a looter has looted us. Chelek Ami Yamir, my, um, my, the portion of my nation, and my nation had a portion in this world, this land, and Yomir, it has been traded away, has been given away to the enemies. Eich Yomish Li, how is it that it has been taken from me? How has it slipped from me? Yomish is something that has, has slipped away. I used to have ownership of it, but now it has been taken away. L'shovev sodenu yichalek, to he who has, who has, um, who has, uh, uh, been my a shovev is some is like uh, uh, bandits, like field bandits, a band of bandits that run through the field and and uh, through the uh, you know the wild, and then they come and attack a place and take it away. To those people, it has been given. Lachain, therefore, says God, lo lecha because um, <clears throat> um, because you have been so evil and committed these sins, there will not be for you a mashlich chevel bigoral. Means chevel uh, bigoral is when one uh, does a lottery uh, to divide something up. That one of the ways they used to do it in those days was they would people would throw a rope into a, a, a bucket, uh, you know, or some or some place and and. And, and then they would mix them up and someone would pull out the rope and whoever owned the rope would get a certain portion. So mashlik chavil begoral means that there, because you have sinned so much, when we do divide up the land, you will not be part of that lottery. You will not get your portion. Bikal Adonai in the congregation of God. Interestingly, mm -hmm. the, 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 the words here have been switching off a lot because in the beginning in verses one to three god speaks to the evil people in as in for in plural he speaks to you as plural alechem you meaning the jewish people are sending you the jewish people deserve punishment and so on in verse four he flips to he as if there was a person standing there looking at the people saying this lamentation about regarding the people but then in verse five in other words that's the person that's observing in verse 5, he switches to l'cha, to you in singular, as only to you in singular will be the one that does not have a place. 
I, I, um, I, I believe that the, the reason why God, through the words of the prophet, obviously speaks this way is because the general public will suffer because of the sin. So God speaks to you, the entire people are going to get punished because as a group, you, you, you are sinners. Then, when he talks about the suffering itself, he talks about some of the people observing the suffering happening because some survive and some don't. And at the end, when he's referring to the future, the future when we do divide up in the congregation of God, we do divide up portions, he speaks to you in singular because at that point, as we have seen many times in the prophets, those that are punished are punished and do not have a portion, but those that are not punished, those that are righteous, do have a portion. So therefore he switches to singular, speaking to you and you and you and you and you and single people. You will get judged favorably, you will not get judged favorably, and so on. Now in the next verse, we're up to verse, verse 6. God now flips back to the people, and, and this is, um, we have to imagine the people speaking. Um, and God is saying what the people say. So God is like quoting the people themselves. And if you imagine the masses of people refusing to listen to the prophet uh, and refusing to listen to his rebuke. And what do they, so imagine a, a group of people walking in the marketplace and the prophet is standing and trying to speak and trying to teach them and trying to tell them something. And the people look at him in a derisive way and say, Al tatifu yatifun. The language tatifu is a language of speech but it's like a language of babble, of, of, of Yiddish would be to plopple, just to, to just stop babbling your bibble babble in the streets, as they're saying, lo yatifu, stop talking to us like that, all right? That's not a way to talk, la'ila, to these people. Stop talking to the Jewish people as if, you know, you're higher and holier than us, right? Lo yisag klimos, we're not gonna be ashamed, we're strong, we're good, we're fine, be quiet and stop telling us to be better, we know what we're doing. It's this arrogant way of refusing to listen. This is what the people say. And, and then, uh, and God continues like this, Amor, is it true that it is being said, Beit Yaakov in the house of Jacob? Is it true that the people in, in, uh, of Israel are speaking this way? And when they say this, what do they say when they listen to this preacher who's preaching in the street and trying to teach them how to improve themselves? They're, they're saying in a, in a, in a, in a um, in a mocking way, is God so impatient? He needs to punish us now? What? Every little thing we do, he has to punish us. Is this what you're trying to say? Is God so impatient? Is this God is bothering, planning against us? Yeah, we're doing, we're having a good time. We're doing our thing. It's, it's the cynicism of their reaction. And then immediately God, set, God expresses his angry. Halo tivu. Is it, uh, of course, it is true that my words are friendly, God says. Yes, I am patient. Are they joking about me being patient? I am patient. But im if you go straight with me, if, you, if, you, if you're straight with me, I'm very patient. But the way you're acting, no, no, I'm not patient, God says. The way you're acting, that kind of patience I don't have. God is going to refer back to this statement soon, and we'll get there shortly. However, this kind of behavior God does not tolerate and God doesn't have any patience for anymore. This kind of arrogance, which is the root of the sins that we learned before, one who plots to take things away from others, one who plots to oppress others that are less, have less resources than he, 
this kind of thing God has no patience more for for verse 8 is a very challenging one to translate I am going to there's many many different ways to translate it I'm gonna choose to translate this exactly the way the Radak translates it because it's truly beautiful and it really and and frightening too of course but it, it very much fits the context of this chapter and in, in, in my opinion smoother than any of the other explanations um, so etmul, and this the word one would look at it and think it means the word for yesterday but it doesn't the, the it, it's a, a it's a shuruk etmul not etmol uh, not a cholam so etmul ami lo'oyev yikomeim and the Radak translated it as follows etmul is something in opposition from the language of mul something that's opposite something etmul ami my nation has become an opposition to itself the leaders have become an opposition to the people they were supposed to lead. The rich have become an opposition to the poor. They are harming their own population. They are taking advantage of Ami, my nation, says God. They have established themselves as an enemy to themselves. And how has this happened? Mimul Salma. Opposite them, again, this is a play on words which Micha has used over and over again, this type of language where he takes the same words that sound very much the same but mean something different. Mimul Salma. From opposite themselves, they see a cloak. They see a, a, a person with a nice clothing, something that they want. And Eder Tafshitun. And what do they do? They plot ways to remove and take away from him and strip him of the things that he has pride in. Eder are things that he has pride in. They see a person that has an, a nice suit and they know that he's poorer than them, and they plot ways to impoverish him in order to take his things away. From those people that are simply walking on the street in a very unsuspecting betach, in, in a confident way. All he's doing is just going about his business, doing his thing, but if he has something nice, they treat him in that way that they can take advantage of him and take it away. These are the... Um, uh, those that, that they treated them and, and, and they made them into people that are similar to those that are returning from war. Now this is a, a, a very deep comparison here and it's comparing the suffering that one uh, perpetrates upon another person uh, whether it's uh, robbing from them or whether it's uh, literally grabbing something from them or using the supposed system of justice to take things away from them or to taking advantage of others to the type of trauma that is suffered by someone that returns from war. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that what Micha is referring to is what today we would refer to as PTSD, post-traumatic stress. That the one coming back from war is stripped of everything, which is how the Radak explains it. He comes back with nothing. He comes back desperate. And the type of the way you are treating the poor is the same way, and they end up being just like those that return from war. And then Micha, the prophet, goes on, and he turns to additional suffering. Nishay ami tigarshun. You are causing that the women of my nation, the ones who depend on these men that are being taken advantage of, the ones who live in those families, it ends up ruining their lives. It ends up causing divorce. It ends up causing broken families. 
from the home in which she was comfortable. When the, the when the the when the wealthy oppressors come and, and they come into the guy they lend money and under under unsuspecting or usurious practices, they come take his things away. They make him look bad. They 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 make it impossible for him to make a living. They make it um they make him they cause this kind of stress and trauma in the home. In the end, what happens is broken homes. In the end, what happens is they make the women suffer. May al ololeha. And they ruin her life from before her children. And God says, and when you ruin the lives of children, what you are doing is you are ruining my glory, God says, forever. When you harm children when they're young, and when you ruin their families and relationships, you're harming those children forever. We'll move on to verse 9. The, I mean, verse 10, these words are obviously extremely powerful. And it, it's worth spending a few moments thinking about what he's saying. God is fed up with this kind of behavior. Just get up and get out of here. That's the only way I could appropriately translate those words. Get out of this land. You talked to me before about me being patient and giving you time to rest. This, God says, is not the type of rest that I am interested in giving to you. Because you have defiled the land, you are going to be wounded. And not just wounded, it is going to be a powerful, terrible destruction. And then God says, I'm sending you prophets to listen to me, but what kind of person will you listen to? You, you won't listen to the prophet, you'll make fun of him, but what will you listen to? To a man who's who walks around arrogant, the Sheker Kizev, and he stands and leads you and gives speeches of falsehoods and lies. Atiflucha, and he tells, I'm going to tell you everything. So you can all have everything you want and you can all party with wine and beer. That leader that's full of lies and full of arrogance, he is the one who's acceptable as someone to speak to you. That kind of a person who's speaking, God says, that's the person you listen to. But the person that I sent to you to speak the truth and to tell you to repair yourselves, to him you refuse to listen. Verse 12 and uh, the verse 12 and 13, there's numerous ways to understand them. I'm going to give a few different choices and then we'll conclude this chapter. But these are very interesting verses, so it's uh, worth paying attention. This, the obvious thing is that this is a, a, a verse of consolation. Um, he was talking about destruction. He's saying, Asov Asof Yaakov Kulach. Jacob, I am going to gather all of you together. Kabetz Akabetz She'eris Yisrael. Gather, I will gather. The, the double language to enforce the idea. She'eris Yisrael, the remnant of Israel. After this destruction, I'm going to gather all of you. Yachad Asimenu. I'm going to make you as one group. Kitzon Batra, like the sheep of Batra. Now, Batra, interestingly, which is a clue that we might be mistranslating this verse so far. Batra is the capital of the enemy of the Jewish people, the nation of Edom. So saying that I'm going to gather you like sheep of your enemy doesn't kind of gives you a hint that this might mean something else. But I'm going to continue reading it this way and I'll get back to it. Like a, like a flock that is penned up in its pen. Now, it's unusual because usually when God is talking about redemption, he talks about the sheep roaming free in their pasture, not penned up. They will be 
uh, it will be so noisy there will be so many people gathered up so um so the the how so is this gathering is this some is this gathering mean something else other than consolation I'm going to read the next verse and then we'll come back and try to put these two verses together. Allah parates lifnehem. This is verse 13, the final verse of this chapter. Allah parates. The one who breaks down the fence is going to go and lead them. And I know this is kind of cryptic, but pay attention and we'll try to make meaning out of this. Partsu vaya avoru. Then they, the, seemingly the crowd, will break down everything vaya avoru and they'll pass through sha'ar. They will open a gate or they will pass through the gate, depending on how you break up the words here. And they will go out through that gate. And their king will go before them. And God will be ahead of them. Now I'm going to bring three different ways to understand these two, these two verses. The first is Rashi understands this Allah porates, this porates, the one who's breaking down fences, as, as the Mashiach as a reference to the Messiah, who in the future will be the porates because he will break down the fences of those that are trying to stop the return of the people to Israel and trying to stop the people from coming back to the land. And if you read it that way, then, then it follows from the verse before. Asof, Asof Yaakov, I will gather you up together here in the land of Israel and it will be noisy just like a whole bunch of sheep. And 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 the haporates, the porates will will pass before them, and they will break through the gates, um, uh, and their king will lead them, and God will lead them, and and their and God will lead the people back. That would be a way of reading these two verses. Now, um, the Ibn Ezra reads these two psukim as completely the opposite. He sees that these are not referring to um, to any redemption, but just the opposite. That it continues with the punishment. God is, has been talking about criticizing the people and their punishments that they deserved. And he's saying, Asof, Asof, Yaakov, I'm going to gather you together as sheep and pen you up. Right? I'm going to... And, and, and that's why it compared to them to like the sheep of Batra, the sheep of Edom, who, who were destroyed. And then the next verse is saying, Aloha porates lifnehem. The porates refers to the sheep that tries to break out. The sheep is going to try to break out probably a reference to the king Tzidkiyahu, who was the last final king of Judah, who tried to sneak out of Jerusalem during the siege of, of the Babylonians and the Chaldeans. And then Partsu, Vayavoru, and other people try to sneak by trying to get out. They're trying to escape. They're penned up and in, under siege. Vayavorum al-Kom their king leads them out on their escape when they're being destroyed. And, um, and then the meaning of God, Birosham, God left them in the beginning means that God abandoned them and abandoned his protection of them in the beginning, which allowed for that huge destruction to take place. That was, um, uh, that, that's the Ebn Ezra. The Radak looks at this similar to the way Rashi did, and this is the third way of understanding these two verses. He looks at these, these verses as verses of redemption as well. And he also looks at the verse 12 as Asof Asof Yaakov, I will gather all of you together, bring, meaning bringing you back to the land of Israel. And I will bring you together like the sheep and so on of Batsar, only being an example because there was, they had pasture land and had a lot of sheep. And Allah porates lifnaim, the porates is, 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 is then the king of, um, he, he says the porates would be Eliyahu Anavi, the prophet Elijah, who will, who will be the one who brings the news 
and leads the people back in the time of Mashiach, in the time of, uh, of the Messiah in the future. And Partsu by Avor was all the people coming back to the land. And again, Malcolm Lefnehem, their king, the king of Mashiach, will lead in front of them, and God will be the one that leads. Those are several ways to understand those two verses. Thank you so much for paying attention and studying the second chapter of Micah together. Looking forward to studying the third chapter together as well.